it's your travel industry best friends, Robin and Jen from T. We're obsessed with practically anything that touches your business and allows you to scale to the level of success that you've always dreamt of. With Robin's background in sales and marketing and Jennifer's experience as a management level HR professional, we grew a small itinerary creation company into a multi-million dollar travel agency. And now we aim to help others skip the hard stuff and get right to the big wins. We're probably recording this with a glass of wine in hand. So pour one up with us, grab a seat, and join us to talk all things travel and business. So today we're broaching one of the most debated and controversial topics within the industry, and that is fees. So what made us feel so bold as to tackle this subject? Um, In case you haven't heard, ASTA actually officially adopted the philosophy that all advisors should be charging fees for their services. So with the shift in the industry, it's time to talk through the benefits of implementing and charging fees. For those who are charging fees already, we're going to also talk about um, additional fees that you may want to implement. And I'll say that this is going to be part one, and we definitely, when we were... (laughs) talking about this episode before recording, decided that we're going to do a part two follow-up to this where we'll talk through how to implement those fees um, and how to have those conversations with your clients so you can do so confidently. But first, I'm going to have Jen kind of share her interesting take on fees because it has changed over the years. Sure has. So I was originally adamantly team no fee, and I was very proud of it. And I'm not saying that if you aren't charging fees, you know, you're doing a bad job. I'm not here to say that. And we're not here to say that. But we are going to share our personal evolution of why we went from not charging fees to ending up realizing that it was really advantageous for us and essentially the client to ultimately charge a fee for our services. So When I started booking, my whole approach was based off of helping others find travel approachable. And I thought by helping people feel like going anywhere in the world was approachable, I was helping the business and helping the industry. And I'm not saying that's not true, but I was approaching it as here are deals and I don't charge fees. So don't be intimidated to reach out to me. And I think that a lot of people start their business like this, honestly. I think people are sharing the deals and making the barrier to work with them very low so that they can build their clientele, which makes complete sense. However, what I ultimately ended up doing without realizing it or intending to do so was creating a book of business that didn't value my time and wasn't brand loyal. So... I was having people come to me through Facebook, through text, every way possible because they didn't view my business as a true business and messaging me and saying, hey, I want to go here. Can you send me a quote for XYZ? And I would do it because I was hungry for business and I wanted them to utilize my services. Well, then I would not hear from them ever again because there was no process. They didn't view me as a true professional. And maybe my quote was, not as low as Costco. You know, we've all done Costco travel. They'll get you. <laughs> they will get you. There's no way to compete with Costco. How so, do they get their pricing? I'm so fascinated by them. Like, how do they do it? I I have so many questions. It's I like $5 to go anywhere in the world. And I'm like, how? 
Well, did you make a deal with the devil? I don't understand. <laughs> and like, are you going below net? What is what is the deal here? I so I, I truly don't know. We but, should interview the CEO of Costco Travel. That would, be, that would be even more controversial than this episode. <laughs> that would literally... That'd probably be our most tuned in episode, though, if you think about it. I would 100%. do that. that. I actually really want someone to do that now. <laughs> Maybe we're not bold, but are you bold? You do it. <laughs> if you have a podcast and you have the hookup with the CEO <laughs> of Costco, get them on there and talk about how they price their trips because we all want to know. Um, so, Sorry, I totally saw your vendor. No, I love it. I love it. So ultimately, that is what ended up happening was I had come to a point in the road where I realized I have no brand loyalty. I have people that, yes, I'm absolutely making travel approachable for them, but the next time something comes around, they're going to use someone else if it's a better deal. I'm I'm not creating a book of business. I'm creating transactions. And what happened was 2020, I mean, the curse word of it all, definitely for, I guess, four numbers, but uh, not four letters. But 2020 happened and our entire book of business was completely demolished. And Robin was an advisor at the time. We had other advisors. And because we had not been charging fees, we had nothing to pull from. Our entire income was demolished. And then if there was any need for service recovery, we had no funds to pull from. So we're just working we're essentially paying to work daily because your time has a value to it. So if you put a value on your time and you think about 2020, we were paying to work because we weren't, we were not making any income from anything that we were undoing. We had worked for an entire year and I'm not, this is no, I'm preaching to the choir here. Everyone's like, yes, we know, you know, we had worked for an entire year as an industry to build up all of these beautiful trips for 2020 and 2021, really. And then to undo them and then to also not have anything incoming for that year. It was just a complete demolition of all financial stability. And that's when we realized, okay, it's not incentivizing the client at all to come back to us because we never got a fee. They can book anywhere else. So even when they rebook, they're not necessarily going to be loyal to us. That They just landed on us one time. And we have also nothing to show for it and nothing to pay our bills with. And that's when the team got together at the retreat and we had a conversation about getting comfortable charging fees. And we talked through the model that we wanted to utilize. And we're not going to dive into that on this episode. That's for definitely for you to do some research on and find out what you're comfortable with, with your clientele demographic, because I think it's heavily reliant on what kind of trips you book and how long they are, what your client demographic is, the complexity. But we got together in a room and created a tiered structure of fees and decided what was best for our business. And then we rolled it out. And that's why we're going to address it in the next episode is because we have been on both sides of the fence. We've been very proud and happy that we didn't use fees. And then we actually implemented them and it's working wonderfully. So we're going to talk through today. The whole point of this episode is to also talk through why we believe you should be charging fees outside of just the fact that 
you want extra income and you want to live a stable financial life and get valued for your time, but actually go into the why behind each of these tenants. So Robin, you want to kick us off? Yeah. So Jen hit a lot of them in that like learning curve for us. That was 2020. Um, But one of the biggest ones I would say was attracting those ideal clients, attracting more of the ideal client. And our ideal client was somebody who valued our time. Um, as travel advisors, you know, a lot of us aren't brick and mortar, we're online based businesses. So yes, we have to pay for websites and like certain platforms and travel joy and all of that good stuff. But our real overhead is our time and how much time we're spending on these trips and the, the heart that you're pouring into them. So by implementing fees and having that fee on the front end before people work with us, our clients had more skin in the game, so to speak. So when they're investing with us, they're actually like, it's less likely to get ghosted. I was getting ghosted nonstop. And it's it's frustrating to chase down those clients where you're like, tell me if you like this quote. Like, I just need to know. Um, so all of a sudden, once we started doing these fees, our ideal client was respecting our time. They were getting back to us. The communication was more frequent, I would say, um, a little bit more professional. So it was just a huge indicator of like a successful relationship moving forward when they were respecting our time and seeing us as a professional. Cause you know, lawyers, I mean, you're not, they're not giving you really anything. They're giving you their knowledge and their time accountants, same thing. It's people don't question their fees and what those are, because if you don't work with a lawyer, that's tricky. I mean, but same thing with us. Like there are times where clients have been royally screwed over by travel mishaps and not had us in their back pocket. So um, if they're disrespecting your time, if a majority of your clients are disrespecting your time or, you know, doing the, like the quote and disappear into the abyss sort of thing, I think it might be time to examine that philosophy on fees. 100%. And I think back on my ideal clients and they're never the ones that are utilizing my time on the phone or abusing my time on the phone. They are concise. They provide feedback in a timely manner. They respect the amount of calls that they're allocated based off of our fee structure, which we'll get to that. But by managing expectations and telling people what they're getting when they actually pay that fee, you're making it very clear what the inclusions are. And Mm -hmm. only the people that disrespect your time are going to be the ones that challenge that. And whether you think you sell luxury travel or not, luxury is such like a broad term because my level of luxury could be totally different than Jen's. But like no matter what type of travel you service, you are a luxury service provider. People go to you to make their lives easier. They go to you for your expertise. And charging that really solidifies in their mind that like you are worth the time and effort to like invest back in. Um So yeah, I think that was like one of the biggest, biggest shifts that like made the most sense. Cause at first I, I didn't want to charge fees because that's how I was getting clients, especially young honeymooners who are like anxious to go to like a, you know, $3,000 honeymoon, um, in Cancun or whatever. They didn't have the extra money for fees. And so I was like, I think a lot of my clients are going to not be able to pay this, but it, it was weird. Like that, that just didn't happen. Like maybe I got rid of a couple of them, but they were probably the ones who were like texting me late at night and I was annoyed about. Um, So, yeah. I think you brought up a good point though, because once you implement fees, you also 
tend to get a higher average price point anyway. Because if someone comes to you and they're wanting a $3,000 trip, and I believe in my heart of hearts that if someone has $3,000, I still believe any price point deserves a beautiful trip, Mm -hmm. but I don't necessarily want to service that trip as, as a service provider or, you know, as, like you said, we are a luxury service, whether the type of travel we are organizing is quote unquote luxury or not. So once you say, okay, yes, I will absolutely work with you. Here's how we work. Here is the fee structure. If it doesn't align with their budget, one, you're going to get rid of a trip that potentially isn't worth its time for you. Because again, every hour of your time should have a value to it. And if you're spending more time than you're gaining with that commission, the math just doesn't work. And so there there kind of does have to be this minimum. And I think that naturally just happens once you implement fees. It's not even like you're requiring a minimum anymore. It's just, it just kind of happens. So, Mm -hmm. all right. So the next thing is that your knowledge came at a price or will come at a price. Even if you're listening to this and you're newer to the industry and you're thinking, well, I'm new is my, like, do I have value? Is it justified for me to charge a fee? The answer is absolutely yes. And anyone that's tenured in the industry is nodding their head right now. I can just feel it. But I want you to think about lawyers and I want you to think about CPAs, accountants. No one questions being charged for their time because they invested in a certain level of education. So yes, someone went to law school and they got a degree and now they charge $300 an hour or or more potentially to just give advice. And I'm, I'm not minimizing that. I don't mean just in the way that I'm minimizing it. I'm saying that it's not a tangible product that they're walking away with. Just as you pr- creating a proposal for your client isn't something that actually is a tangible product that they are going to experience right away. So with that being said, there are multiple ways that travel advisors are investing in their business. One is going to be a FAM. If you've gone on a FAM, you've paid for the FAM, you've paid for the flight, and you've stepped away from your business, and that comes at a price. I guarantee you probably went on vacations in your life that fueled your fire for travel or gave you some kind of background on a destination. I know plenty of my vacations. I don't even know that that word applies for certain vacations anymore because now I always integrate site visits into vacations. But But you should still travel on vacations, Jennifer. Yes. Well, I have one coming up and there are no sites involved. (laughs) Officially a vacation, a vacation. I I feel like we should do a podcast episode on how to vacation because people forget how to vacation when they vacation. That's so true. It's so easy to forget how to vacation because most people are just productivity mindset. And this is a whole different topic and we've touched on it before, but if you're vacationing, that's a different that's a different investment. You should actually budget for that. That's not a comp rate. That's not a net rate. They're going to make you do an, an yes, one hundred. That's not a vacation. Um, 
So you've also, as a travel advisor, you have probably paid for a retreat or you've gone to a host agency retreat that's, again, taking you out of your office, away from your desk, away from servicing clients. That comes at a cost. And paid trainings. If you have attended a Destination Masterclass with Teak, or if you've invested in a workflow with Teak, I mean, there are, and I'm not just saying our product is the only one, there are plenty of trainings that come at a cost that even if it's not a degree or certification, you are paying for those things. You're paying for the knowledge. And we definitely like our whole philosophy at Teak is if you run your business like a business, you should be investing in your knowledge and your client experience. And so we know that if you're listening to this, you're probably thinking in that same vein. So if it's a certification, a paid training, a retreat, a vacation, a fam, you have invested time and money and there is value to that. And even if you haven't done those things yet, because maybe you are newer in the industry, you have to... You, gain capital to be able to do those things. So every business started somewhere, even a law firm, and they charged capital to learn as well. So sometimes learning does come at a cost to a client, and that's just the way the world works. So whatever your investment looks like for knowledge, 100% it is justified that you're charging a fee for that knowledge. And on the flip side of investing, I mean, my next point is all about income and your bottom line. I mean, fees prevent you from being the Robin and Jen who had a huge book of business that was going to be a super profitable year. And then all of a sudden a little germ comes along and takes it completely like the wind out of your sails. I mean, I, I just can't even tell you what my as I was like nicking names off my Excel spreadsheet and like my booking commissions tracker, I was just spiraling. I mean, thank God, like my husband had a great job, so it was fine. But I mean, we really had no sort of like non-cancelable income coming in or like any income at all for that year. And at least in my case, and I know Jen with all the overhead of having the advisors underneath us, um, underneath the team, that was, it's a lot. And it's, and you start paying out of your pocket. So that in and of itself, like you can't control whether your clients will travel or not. You want to prepare them. You want to send those documents, but things happen. Like I've had, you know, family members pass away and people don't, it's not that they're just canceling the trip to cancel the trip. It'll be a legitimate reason, but that still leaves me in a pickle where it's like, great. I've now invested, you know, 40 hours in this trip and I'm not going to reap any of that benefit. So 2020 definitely proved to us the need to recession-proof recession our income. Um, and many of us run seasonable businesses, right? Like there's highs and low seasons of travel. There's there's June where it's just mass chaos and like commissions only get paid out afterwards. Or, you know, there's certain parts where low, it's low season, so you're not bringing the income. And fees at least allow you to have something some stability. It also allows you to forecast. I'm a big like metrics tracker um, and I like to see the income potential in the new year. I'm it's at the time of this recording, it's wrapping up Q3 going into Q4. So my mind is instantly going towards our 2023 revenue plan for next year. And because now, you know, of course, Teak is different than how it was when I booked travel, but I'm able to sit down and look at, okay, so if I want to make this much money and our team is making this much money, how many services do I need to sell in order to reap that 
came out. Um, and that could be the same for you, like looking at, okay, so I need to bring in this, this amount of fees per month to ideally, of course, commissions will be different. So bigger commission checks will come and go, but being able to track your fees to be like, okay, this is where I'm stable. Um, this is what's going to take to run my business. So if all else fails, I at least have enough money to, you know, make basic ends meet in my business and maintain it. So I think it's so, so I always come back to like, yes, travel is fun. This is an amazing industry. It's so exciting. But like, is it profitable? Because if you're, you know, you're pouring in this time and this effort and this money into a business that isn't profitable, I just don't see the point. So I want you to always, you deserve to make profit. Like your expertise is valuable. Um, so making sure I think again, that you have that year round income is huge for us because, and that's what finally got me to jump to be like, okay, 2020 was not fun. Um, and I never want that to happen again. So how do we avoid that? We charge fees. I mean, I can say that COVID hit at the worst time for me personally, because I'm very Europe heavy. So when it came to my commission, I had been like in starvation mode since December. I don't do ski. So there, and, and I actually at the time was doing very little Caribbean. Obviously that changed because COVID was like, all right, change in the game. Everybody now book the Caribbean only and Mexico. So I like missed out on all of May, which accounts for probably 50% of my income for the year. And, but when do people plan for Europe? They plan for Europe at, at Q4 typically. Mm -hmm. So I could have been actually in a decent place, but I, I really handicapped myself in that way where I wasn't collecting fees and I wasn't creating a cushion. And I mean, we can all say that 2020 made us think a lot about how we should be safeguarding our business in so many ways, but financially was definitely one of them. And that was not, that was absolutely not what, what I had done. And it just, it felt exacerbated by the timing because of the seasonality of Europe, European travel. So woof, that was tough. Yeah, it <laughs> so, really took Italy out at the knees, which was atrocious for Jen's business, but here you are. Well, you live yeah. to tell the tale. <laughs> We live to tell the tale. We're on the other side of it. That's the dang truth. All right. So the next thing is very simple and probably the hardest for people to actually quantify. And that's establishing yourself as a professional service. Once people establish themselves as a professional service, there's no question as to whether they should be paid for their time. However, the thing is about travel is a lot of the time, depending on what your niche is, a lot of the time it is leisure based. And so when people are booking something leisure, they do so leisurely. And that's why people send a Facebook message or send an Instagram message because vacation is fun and those platforms are light and they are leisurely. However, once we start to not only implement fees, but also incorporate a true structured process that exemplifies that you are a true business professional and you're now to be taken seriously and your services are to be taken seriously. 
And that gives confidence to clients. Like, yes, it can seem intimidating when you're implementing it. Like, oh, my clients aren't going to like this. Well, maybe not at first, but there's an educational curve to that. And then they never know that it was any different. I I mean, Robin knows this. We've changed our business style, model, structure so many times. And yet we still have clients from day one that have evolved with us because they've liked working with us as people. And they've respected that as we grew, we became more of a true business and people find credibility and value to that. So by saying, hey, yes, this is how we work. This is my fee. It's establishing yourself as the professional and stating that you have something that they want that you have. <laughs> and that's the entire point of a business. So I, I know that that is actually the probably the biggest piece of the puzzle and why ASTA has now changed their philosophy, not changed their philosophy, but really stood behind fees being paid. But I would say it's probably the hardest to quantify from an advisor perspective because it's conceptual and it's it's more of a philosophy and it's not it's just not metrics based. It's not numerical. So we have a hard time talking about it on an intake call if someone were to push back and just say, well, because I'm a professional service, <laughs> you know, that doesn't that doesn't necessarily give a why in a gentle way. So. To us, especially from the Teak philosophy, we believe in treating your business like a business and that this marries the concept of having an actual workflow, having an intake call, having the processes, having a true brand, and having a fee that goes along with that to create this entire professional appearance in the industry. And that's the only way I think that we're going to elevate the industry as a whole is when everyone decides we are professionals and there's a value to our time. Right. Like differentiating between a hobby and a job. Like, do you want this to be a hobby? Cause I mean, yeah, travel could be a hobby, but like you're not, it's not a true business until you it's profitable and like you're positioning it as a business. Um, so it's such a good point. Another thing that fees allowed me to do, which is which was a total game changer for me, because I always used to when I would mess up. So for any service recovery sort of issues that would arise, because let's face it, those happen. Like there's just you can be the most detail oriented thing, and there's some things that will slip through the cracks. But when that would happen to me before I implemented fees, it would come out of my commission, which fine, but that's still coming out of my income. So something that fees allowed us to do is protect that income from service recovery. So in case there is an area you need to fix, um, you'll want the income to be able to pull from rather than having to like remove it from your commission. So we also recommend ensuring that your commissions are at least 12%, if not 15, um, and you've collected that fee. So again, if there are no issues and your client travels and it's wonderful. That's, that's amazing. That's the goal. But again, things happen and you want to be prepared for them. So you can also use that fee as like almost like a type of like escrow account. So you don't, it doesn't count. Um, you don't count it as like income until you're confident about the delivery of the trip, but it's basically just tacked on to the end to make sure like, should things go wrong? And again, there is human error. Like sometimes it's just, it's, 
part of the business, but having that safety blanket there, it allows you to feel more confident knowing that like, should something happen, you have it, you don't have to pay for it yourself. Um, and I think that was really, really big for me. Um, not saying that I messed up on trips all the time or anything like that, but just that extra safety blanket. It made you also be like, you're working for that money at the end. So you get the full commission, you get that uh, full fee at the end. If you take the time on the front end to audit your trips when you're supposed to, and you know, handle any issues as early as possible. So they're not in destination and you forgot to book this Positano cruise or something, heaven forbid, they're waiting in a dock expecting a boat and you have to go buy one really quick or charge something to your card. So um, that was really awesome for service recovery and creating that, again, safety blanket. I have had to service recover multiple times. And a lot of the time, the client didn't even know. So it is good to have that income. And I looked back, this was one of my, I, I remember the one I got hit with the hardest. But I was like, well, that was a wash because I was just relying on the commission. And the commission for the whole trip was taken out by the correction. So whether you are, I don't want to say padding because that, that could be interpreted. People don't necessarily like that too, but ensuring that your commissions are at a fair price point. So between 12 and 15, I, th I think 15 is more appropriate now with the amount of extra responsibilities that travel advisors have on their plate for auditing, adding concierge level services, COVID regulations, like 15%, I think is incredibly fair for what we do. So even if you are adding to a pre-established commission structure that is defined by your consortia or your host, and then also having a fee, it only helps you make sure that their trip is better. Because sometimes our brand is reliant on service recovery. And sometimes that service recovery isn't even our fault. It could mm -hmm. come from any place of their trip. It could be their hotel, but guess what? You picked their hotel. So ultimately it does come back to you and maybe they're, you know, they went with a group and half of the group was booked on one catamaran cruise and one couple got booked by the DMC on a different catamaran cruise and you have to buy them extra tickets. I mean, the reality is that we deal with people and there is going to be human error. That doesn't mean you're bad at your job. It doesn't mean they're bad at their job. It just means that there are a lot of hands in the pot to make something go smoothly. And we need to safeguard ourselves to make sure that we have the resources to right the wrong, whether it's our, our side or theirs. So, I mean, I think we've also all fixed something that like wasn't actually a problem, but the client deemed it as a problem. And we've just tried to put a band-aid on it so that we can go back to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not always even, it's it's service recovery in, in all senses of the word. But to go hand in hand with that is also you're wanting to create a cushion where if you provide a budget for gifts or amenities, so maybe you want to surprise someone with an experience and or a glass of wine or bottle of wine in their room, something like that, or thank you notes when they get home. There are so many different ideas for gifting. I actually like have a whole thought process on gifting and that will 
need to be an episode. I swear every episode we mention like what? 12 more, more episodes. <laughs> <laughs> but there needs to be one on gifting because I have a lot of thoughts on gifting. And if you are the type of business that is actually sending the boxes with, you know, um, just kind of like the pre-travel with the luggage tags and all of that stuff, that has to come from somewhere. That should not come from your commission. Your commission should really be going towards operating expenses and, and obviously income. But your fees, to me, is the overhead of servicing the client itself. And so to me, those gifts and amenities should be built into the fees because you're going to be sending that regardless. And a lot of things can happen in the trip that impact your commission, but that box or gift or whatever it is, is being sent regardless. So build that in if you want to have those. I personally don't. Um, I've sent luggage tags and we've sent custom stationery at times, but we never really did the whole structured box thing. I think that it's fantastic for brand recognition. And I know a lot of people really love it, but those are expensive to send, not only to send, but to actually fill. So make sure you're actually looking at your expenses for that for one, but that really needs to be associated with a higher ticket fee, I think, from the, from the get-go. Yeah. And I think, honestly, if you have like a bookkeeper, we have like a contract CFO that we talk to. And when we talk through pricing, she ensures that like any pricing we create for Teak and our services is not only covering the overhead of our time and what we want to pay ourselves, but also like it includes that profit margin so that like you do have a budget for gifting and stuff like that. If that's important to your brand, um, you do have money in the bank or a budget for, you know, website updates throughout the year or like branding tweaks when you need them. So you have these things, the business is fueling the business and then also your paycheck. But I think this is a really awesome thing that a, like that contract CFO type person could be for anybody who's like, well, I don't know how much to charge. Like, I think that, you know, you need to look at how much you want to make and then how much time you're spending on trips. And then there's a whole mathematical formula to figure that out. But this is where I think when we started pricing stuff for Teak, it was just kind of like, this seems good. Like I would pay this much money for this much service. And it was like, well, they're getting a lot of our time. They're getting a lot of our team members time. This needs to go way up. And also we need to, you know, cover everything that's associated with it. So if there's, you know, a commission payout or if there is a welcome gift card or Starbucks card that needs to be included in that fee that we're charging and all of that kind of stuff. So I, I really think that investing in some sort of bookkeeper or financial person to look at your business and get comfortable and familiar with your business would provide a lot of insight for somebody who's like, well, I don't even know what to charge. Um, at least that's what was helpful for us. So, yeah, there's like this taboo thought process around charging for your time because, mm -hmm. again, it's not quantifiable necessarily. It is subjective, but guess what? You get to pick it. <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's all based off of what you want to make, but it does require a lot of math. I'm not going mm -hmm. to say that coming up with a fee structure is necessarily easy because to Robin's point, it's a lot of intangibles. It's a lot of calculating time invested into each step of the process. And it's going to probably require time tracking. Yeah. And that's 
not always what people want to do, but throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing if it sticks to just like, like I, I say that to say like, okay, we're just going to try this and see if this works. That is not necessarily the business route I would recommend going. Robin and I have done it at all turns of our business <laughs> until we got really methodical. And I think a lot of travel advisors, when they first start, they're like, I'll just try this until it doesn't work. But it is very hard to undo something, especially if your clients start to learn how you do things. And it's much easier to actually ask community around you what's working for them. And I think we're scared to because we often work so individually. So one, don't not value your time. And two, don't shy away from asking others how to do it because the right people will answer honestly and share their wins with you. I feel like we have conversations in our niche platform constantly about fees. It's one of the most talked about topics and it's great because yeah, you are sourcing a bunch and everyone has different perspectives. I think that's so important because it's, it's easy for somebody to like slap you on the wrist and be like, you need to charge a fee. But like, we get it. We were on the other side of this thing where we were adamantly against it. And so seeing both sides and the benefit it's had for our business, but also knowing how difficult it is to climb that hill and train your clients about the fee and then figuring out the fee, like that's a whole process. So um, I think it's really, it, it is powerful to talk to other people and see what works, see what see what they're doing in their business and how maybe it could apply to you. Maybe you take ideas, but I always say, take what, take what serves you and leave what doesn't, but. Absolutely. So we're going to end this with just kind of like giving you some ideas of what fee options look like. So the first up obviously is the service fee. This is something that would be charged right up front after an intake call. Some people actually charge it before the intake call, but I don't like that for me because I don't want to be tied to someone if the intake call doesn't go well. And Robin is nodding right now. (laughs) There's some people who are not your clients. There are some people that are not your clients. Exactly. And you don't want to be tied to someone. You always want to have the ability to say, I may not be the right fit for you, but I have a potential solution for you and refer them out. It, I mean, obviously you don't want to pass on bad clients, but if it's just genuinely not your type of client, it's completely fine to refer them to someone else. But to me, again, that like comes from having honest conversations. When you have that how we work conversation on the intake call, they may not be your client. And if they haven't paid, it gives you a nice out that you don't have to refund something. You can bless and release right there. And a lot of the time they think they want something or they need help with something and it may it may just not fit your model. Mm-hmm. The next thing would be a change fee. And this is something that I think a lot more people have been doing since 2020 because there were so many trips that were rescheduled. And when you reschedule, that doesn't mean it's just like pick up and drop it in new dates. We all know that availability has completely changed and you may need to completely restructure, you may need to completely restructure the trip with a different order or different hotels, the price point's going to be completely different because 
the demand and supply right now are throwing everything out of whack. So now you're dealing with a different budget and maybe they want to take days off. Like it's never simple right now. It's just not, it's just not simple. So a change fee, I mean, here's the beauty about fees. You can always say, hey, client, I'm waiving this for you because X, Y, Z. But as long as they know about it, you are empowered to charge it if you feel like you need to. Again, you have the autonomy most of the time. I mean, if your host agency is requiring a certain kind of fee, that's one thing. But you are an IC, so um, if you're an IC, rather, you probably have the autonomy to make that decision yourself. The next thing is a cancellation fee, and this is probably something that if we had like a focus group, we could have a talk for an hour about because I think this sometimes leaves a bad taste in people's mouth. No one likes canceling a vacation. No one's no one's like, hey, I'm so excited. We're going to cancel this vacation and I'm really happy about it. So then you charge a fee on top of that. I think this one you can totally gauge, but again, you could put it in your terms and conditions so that you have the ability to charge it if you need to if you feel like the circumstance makes sense. So if someone just says like, we bought a house and we want to cancel this and they're super lackadaisical about just very like relaxed about your income and and the time that you've invested, to me, that's probably a a situation that you could say, great, there is a a voluntary cancellation fee, however, and Mm -hmm. that may be. I like that word voluntary cancellation because you're right. Things come up. People, you know, unfortunately situations happen, emergent situations. So a voluntary cancellation fee is, it's really awesome. And like, I mean, we're humans, human things happen, life happens. So you may not want to charge the fee sometimes if it's, if it's something that obviously this person is dealing with a hardship or something like that, you want to employ a human component to it. The next one's my favorite. This is my favorite. (laughs) This was like a brainchild when I was just, I was starting to have panic attacks from people that were abusing my time, even if they had paid for my time. But I'll take it back to the service fee real quick, because in the service fee invoice, it is so specific in what is included and what is not included. Like you get this many touch points. This is the number of proposal edits you get. Here are terms and conditions specifically for our service fee. So we started to notice during COVID that people wanted more and more calls because they were feeling more and more uncertain about traveling, which is natural. They were nervous and they had more questions. And even after regulations were lifted, there was just still this like nervous energy about traveling in general. And people wanted to go over all their plans again and again and again. And a lot of travelers, if they haven't traveled internationally, maybe they want to do a touch point every month. And it's like, okay, well, you scheduled 10 months out. So that's 10 hours right there that I'm going to need to account for billing wise. So this next one is a supplemental call fee. And it's actually noted in the service fee for um, Explorators Direct fee for when they originally pay their service fee. And it will say supplemental phone calls will be charged at a rate of XYZ because they already get, I think it's three um, one hour phone calls included in their service fee. Now I know someone listening to this is probably absolutely appalled by this, this concept, (laughs) but 
I'm not a phone call person. Robin is not a phone call person. You are you are not listening to people that love to jump on the phone and talk through things a million times. We love Loom. We love recording our our thoughts and sending them over for review rather than getting on a phone call that could really bleed into our day. So a supplemental call fee, again, you can always waive it, but you can't always employ it. So having it in your terms and conditions and saying a supplemental call fee will be charged at $150 per hour. And should you want to schedule this at any time during your planning process, here is a link here because guess what? Calendly allows for payments to be accepted. So for them to even be able to schedule a supplemental call, they would have to be able to go through Calendly and you could collect through Square and a payment in advance. Of course, you could direct pay it, however, to ensure that you're actually getting those funds before the call. To me, why not integrate it with your systems? We love a good automation anyway. We love a good automation. So... That's that's the last thing, but um, I just I didn't mention this before, and I forgot to actually add it here. But the last thing that I want to say about why to charge fees is that if you do need to break up with a client, you need to do that bless and release. Give having a fee that you can return is a very cut and dry way of blessing and releasing that client. They can't really argue that they haven't gotten anything delivered to them. If you say, this relationship is not working, I'm going to go ahead and return the fee. I'm not promoting refunds. Robin and I, we don't, we don't do that. We don't love a refund. And I think there are very rare occasions that you should ever refund a client for any fee. However, sometimes we know just someone sneaks into your client workflow and it's just nice to be able to put an actual number on that breakup. <laughs> and it's very clear that way. Like I've returned your money. There's no harm, no foul. No one is walking away with something more or less than they came with. But if you say just conceptually, hey, I'm going to um, go ahead and say this relationship isn't working, there's much more a chance of them like pushing back. Wouldn't you agree, Robin? 100%. Yeah, it is that very like line is in the sand. You know, we're not working. I'm not the best for you. You're not the best for me. Here's your money. You know, go find somebody else maybe or, you know, go book yourself direct, whatever it is. So we do use this in Teak. I use this in um, Exploratory when I was booking as well, where it was just like, listen, it's not a fit mutually here's here's whatever it is that because you never want them to be like oh they took my money and ran they like you know sent me this quote and then never got back to me and they just stole my money that that's a bad look I, I'm so like crazy about reviews I never want somebody to like blow us up and like give us a bad review and that that is a really awesome way to be like I mean there's no there's nothing to really complain about it just wasn't a good fit for both parties here is what you paid um bye <laughs> <laughs> said just like that <laughs> in an email. Bye, period. <laughs> On that note. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> no, I completely agree. And um it again, we're not we're definitely not promoting refunds, but it we are promoting protecting your peace. And that's what 
all of this episode is about. Fees protect your peace. They protect your wallet. They they protect your financial peace, your mental peace, your time. So we are pro fees now. I've I've changed my tune and I'm here to admit my faults. <laughs> yeah. We've learned the the ways of the past are not the ways of our future. Yes. That was deep. That should be on like that a was. scroll from the nineteen sixties. Nineteen sixties? We're derailing. Some- this episode's getting out of control. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for listening to Teak Talks, and we will catch you on the next episode where we are going to talk about how to implement those fees. Part two. We're sending you a long-distance cheers because you just finished an episode of Teak Talk, and we're so grateful for your support. If you loved what you heard, hit subscribe and head over to the show notes for any resources and a summary of the episode. In the meantime, if you want more access to us, we're personally inviting you to join our Niche by Teak community, where we host live events, answer your questions, share destination masterclasses, and give you a front row seat to all resources that we launch throughout the year. What's better than being surrounded by like-minded advisors who are hyping you up to succeed each day? We think nothing. www.teakhq.com backslash niche to join the community today.